Welcome everybody to another episode of Investors Gallery where um, <laughs> the running joke is uh, eventually we'll shoot a podcast in my actual art gallery. The art gallery is on the other side of the room. Uh, one day I'll finish it so we can shoot in there. <laughs> We're actually working on uh, shooting some podcasts in a real art gallery and not just my home. So I'm really excited for that. Um, I'd like to thank everybody who is listening from other platforms, Google uh, Podcasts, iTunes, so on and so forth. Deezer is one of them as well. Um, I have uh, another amazing guest with another amazing story, um, an investor. And I'm, I'm really excited about this one because um, <laughs> so many people, as soon as I tagged you, so many people was like, Elijah is like amazing. He's, he's great. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, really, too, I'm wow. really excited to get into your story. And to preface this, uh, <laughs> we were going to do an introduction call. And I was like, no, wait, wait, because we kind of missed the first one. And I was like, no, I really want to have the first introduction, a proper introduction call or conversation <laughs> over the air, because, you know, that's when the good stuff comes out. When you record, mm -hmm. it's always on the first take, you know, the, the fifth and the sixth take, you know, it's not always as good. So, um, sir, introduce yourself to the audience and, and welcome to the show. Man, uh, thank you for having me. I didn't I didn't realize uh, it was, you know, it was like that. So I really appreciate being <laughs> here. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, do you want to hear about myself or that? Is that yeah, so t tell us about yourself. Um, I, I see that you are uh, ex-military and how did you transfer from um, whatever you want to disclose about your previous personal life or and or business to what you do now and uh, the ups and downs in what you do now and maybe some sprinkle some, some gold nuggets in there as well. Sure. Uh, so my name is Eli. Uh, prior, I'm, I'm, I'm a veteran, 21 years in the military. I spent about seven years in the army. I was a paratrooper. I got out um, after my first couple of enlistments, got out, went to school for about two years. And I joined the Air Force. Uh, that's where I finished my, my, my career. I finished my degree in business while I was in the Air Force. About, about 15 years into my career, my wife and I kind of realized we needed extra income coming in so when I retired, we had you know enough income to stabilize this, right? So we kind of shifted it into uh, real estate at that time because we were passionate about it. And we started kind of buying up small rental houses and we got to a couple of them and we're doing pretty good after a couple of years. Uh, but we were kind of, we kind of realized that at, at that phase, we still, we weren't working uh, fast enough to meet that, our, our income quota. Um, so we had to kind of scale quicker. And uh, I remember driving around town one day. So I'm in Fort Worth. And I remember driving around town one day and I saw an apartment complex. And I was like, man, who wants those things? Like that'd be, be way more efficient to own something like that rather than you know, 40 or 60 houses, you know, across town. And so we started kind of networking and meeting people. And uh, I met the, uh, uh, the, the owner of, of, of a mentorship group. Uh, back then he didn't have a mentorship group. But it was a think multifamily. Uh, but this is before he had it. And, and so he was, he was trying to build it up and kind of, you know, getting ready to launch it. And I, I met him, we started kind of talking, became friends, and he started kind of mentoring me like one-on-one. -on -one. And that same year, that's 2017, I deployed. And uh, so I would wake up like super early in the morning, about three or four in the morning and jump on the call with him and kind of help him build his whole platform. I, I was kind of a guinea, pig, a guinea pig for him. So he'd like send me like documents and videos and I'd, I'd edit them for him. 
and he admitted me at the same time. So I was getting mentored. I was helping him out to, to kind of grow his, his, uh, his side stuff too. Then when I came back from my deployment, he launched the group. I was the first one in it. And uh, that was like 2018. Uh, my first year, I, you know, uh, bought up like two different deals, about 320 units. A uh, year after that, met my partners, Chris and Nathan. And uh, now we, about over the last like three, four years or so, we've been, you know, we own about, we own and operate 815 units across three states, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. And now we're under contract on a deal, our first deal in Texas. So we'll close out like, like next month. And um, after that, we'll be, you know, just north of a thousand units, you know, so we're still out hustling, bustling, you know, making mistakes, learning and growing. Oh, hey, you're, uh, I can't, I can't hear you, buddy. There. Yeah, battery. Yeah, the battery's dead. Let me change the batteries. But I can still talk to you. So, um, actually, do I have any more batteries? I do. Hold on one second. go all right can you hear me now oh yeah all right i'm back in the green i'm glad i was able to figure that out <laughs> um so you started with one partner um slash really mentor kind of transition to a partner right and now you have uh, so are all four of you guys still together it's just three of us so just the three of you guys okay yeah yeah. How did you meet your partners? And the reason why, let me preface this, the reason why I ask that is because we teach in our course um, that it's really, really important one to have partners. You oh, can God, do yeah. this by yourself. We just wouldn't suggest it. Um, so tell us how you met your partners, how you vetted them, and how you felt that, that chemistry to keep going. So we met in the mentorship group. And um, we, so I, I heard through the great, you know, like in a little network that, that that we were working in, that they were looking in Arkansas, and I was looking in Arkansas. So I I called them up and I was like, I was like, hey, so it seems like you have like these resources and you know these people, and I got these resources. I know these people. Let's let's combine resources and you know uh, what to split profits, but you know we could probably do more in volume. And we 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 really didn't form our company. So our our company is uh, Atlas Multifamily Group. But we wouldn't, we, but Great marketing, me. by the way. I've been I've oh. been seeing you coming on on my feed. So okay, I'm sorry. Keep okay, going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. That's been another thing is is marketing, right? But anyways, um, but we 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 waited about almost two years before we actually formed an official group, but like an, an official company, because um, we wanted to, you know, work deals work deals like together make sure our families got along, make sure we got along, you know, um, fully vetted like our characters over, over two years. Cause you know, we traveled together. So like, you know, we go up and do property tours and these are, so we're in Texas, our deals are in Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas, you know, so that's a several hour drive, you know, maybe two, three, four, five hours to our properties, you know? So we spent, you know, a good two years, you know, 
like being in the car together, traveling, going to conferences, um, hanging out on the weekends, you know. And so as you're working through these deals, you kind of see, um, uh, you know, who who has good chemistry with you, who can handle stress, you know, who's honest with you, who's open with you, right? And that's kind of how we did it. So we were, we were very cautious, um, even though we got along, you know, like we were good friends, our, our families got along, you know, we wanted to make sure that when you throw a deal in there, you know, you got millions of dollars yeah. of, 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 you know, banks money, your money, and other people's money, man, people, they can change very quickly, you know, so right. we're like, hey, we want to make sure that, you know, if we're going to get, you know, quote unquote married, you know, that, 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 that we can handle like this kind of um, like partnership. So that's kind of how we did it at least. So for your, for your first two deals, did you just create the entity for the assets themselves? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's then, how most people in the membership. It's like, if you're in a membership, you know, you just kind of partner with people and then you, you know, you buy the deals and yeah, yeah. Just operate them. Right. Yeah. Um, tell us about your first deal. Was it uh, a following your lap type deal or was it you had to underwrite a thousand deals to get to it? What did your first deal look like? Yeah, it's pretty tough. You know, um, uh, so I, I met, I met a, a guy in the, in the group and, you know, we were kind of the same, same mindset, you know, pre-driven and, uh, we're like, Hey, we're, you know, let's, let's give each other a year. Right. So we're going to, we're going to go out there be hunting down deals, underwriting. And, uh, so we promised ourselves, okay, 12 months to fund our first deal. And we find it about six, we find about five or six months, but I remember, you know, for those, uh, I mean, there, there was a point, you know, probably like month month five or so where I was, I was underwriting deals. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Like, man, we we're underwriting on these deals. We're touring properties. We're having to fly out, you know, to some places or drive out some places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're just constantly just, just grinding and grinding. And it got to a point where I got, you know, pretty almost burned out because I was working full time too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was still in the military and I was, I was, I was, I was, I was still working. So anytime I had, you know, any kind of free time, I'd wake up in the mornings, like early, early and, you know, call people, work on the business, underwrite stuff during lunchtime. You know, I go meet investors, uh, underwrite deals if I could. And then I come home, hang out with the kids, like maybe, you know, the, the wife and kids for an hour or so. And then I go back to work, you know, and, and, and that's kind of how my life was for, you know, five, six months. And, you know, he, he told me, he was like, Hey, you know, I, I know you're getting burned out, you know, uh, it's really tough, but, you know, but we said, 12 months. Right. So I said, keep grinding. And, uh, shortly after that, you know, we got our first deal. It was 110 units in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm, and in Atlanta. Wow. Hats off, sir. That's a really good market. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it was, this is 20, 2018, you know, so, okay. you know, we got, you know, it was a great deal. You know, we bought it uh, about 32 K a door. Um, which is probably unheard wow. of. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, cool. not heard of. No, no we're yeah, definitely yeah. six figures of door now. Well, it depends on the market, but mm-hmm. yeah. And, Have you uh, exited that deal yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, we held it for about two and a half, about two and a half years. Uh, at the end of last year, we sold it. So okay, it, it, it did very, very well. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm still hearing about deals that were 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 taken down between uh, 17 and right around 2020 ish like oh yeah the the equity in there is is crazy um yeah i want to say you know i mean 
we did very well. I mean, we, we came in, executed our business plan, you know, we poured CapEx and, you know, did our, our renovations, our exteriors, you know, we, we lowered expenses, you know, so we did very well. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to say that it was all us, but it wasn't right. I mean, the, the market for sure carried, you yeah. know, like it carried us. So, it, I mean, it was a combination of both, but we did. But you put well. the work in, you put the work yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wouldn't say that we could have like the, the same results, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. we possibly would have done really well if we hadn't, I'm sure. But, um, but we ended up hitting like over a hundred, 120% return for everybody. So it did. Wow. Yeah, it did very good. How many investors uh, did you have subscribed on that deal? Yeah, man, don't get me. <laughs> maybe, maybe 25 or 30, I think it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, it was, you know, I mean, it was 110 doors, you know, so it's about 4.75 million total, right? Okay. So back then that was a huge deal to me, right? Um, but our raise was like 1. 1. 1.3, 1.8 million, I think, or something like that. So it wasn't like, but back then that was like astronomical. So I was like, holy crap, you know, how yeah. is this money, you know? Um, but uh, uh, so, I mean, I think we had our, our about 50K, you know, a minimum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um was the earnest hard day one, day 30, day 15? No, they didn't. No, they, uh, they didn't have like hard money uh, at that time. It was, you know, probably around like 20, I think it was like 2020 was whenever 2020 was when like the hard money stuff started happening more, mm-hmm. more and more. Right. Um, it did go hard after, after we signed like the PSA. Right. I mean, it kind of goes hard after that. Right. But we, we came in, did the, the, the PSA, did our DD. And then after that, it went hard and, you know, we were good, but we were good because we kind of knew already that it was a good right. property. So, right. It was kind of one of those slam dunk deals. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, I mean, I mean, it, it had some challenges, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know, I had a fire, you know, one of wow. the, one of the buildings burned down. <laughs> so luckily nobody got hurt, you know? And yeah. so, so, so we had to work with the insurance and that's always a, um, funding to play, right? But you know, kind of work with the lender and the insurance. But uh, we we end up taking taking a settlement, and, and uh, uh, it was it was easier to, to kind of because it, the the property was already so big. Because back then it, it was 114 units, four units burned down, which is why it's you know why I say 110 now. Um, but when we first bought it, it was 114, but four burned down. You know, we got the insurance payment out and. Uh, just kept operating. Hmm. Um, what are you seeing now as far as the market? Um, are you seeing deal flow slow down from, from your perspective? Um, our broker, because I'm definitely getting a lot of calls from brokers more than normal. And it's they're kind of making me nervous, actually. But what are you seeing on your side as far as deal flow and how activity is moving? Um. Well, we're, we're, we still see, we see deal flow. We do. Um, we're not, we're not underwriting so much right now because we're trying to close out. We're trying to close out like this deal that we have now. So it's 200 units in, in Lubbock, Texas. And so we're trying to close this one out. And uh, so we're, we're, we're seeing deal, like deal flow, but we're trying to close this one out first before we get, before we move on to like other ones. Right. Cause we don't want to get tied up and have like, 
simultaneous. Uh, I know guys who I know guys who can do that. They have a you know uh, huge teams, <laughs> huge teams, right? And uh, and and we probably could, but like, hey, you know, let's go ahead. Like, there's a lot of volatility out there. We're not the kind to really sit on our laurels, right? Like, we're not going to stop and go like pencils down. Uh, we don't right. believe in doing that. Like, we have some stuff in our pipeline. But yeah, there's there's deals out there. We're talking to lenders. We're talking to brokers still, and and they're talking about you know like how how much of a struggle it is. And um, I think I think a, a couple of deals I've I've heard about coming back. Um, you know that that couldn't close. You know because of, yeah. of volatility. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's like this widespread tsunami quite yet. That yeah. everyone's you know, like I'm 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 watching on LinkedIn or on Facebook and was talking about, you know, this, this wave of like, foreclosures, like it was back in 08. I haven't seen that yet, but yeah, I, I have heard from other sources that there are, like there's a lot of struggle at least. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think it's, I personally don't think it's going to be um, like a, a mass foreclosure. I think that it's, it's probably going to be um, sales are going to increase as far as selling off. Uh, because you underwrote that property at a, you know, three, four percent, and now you're, you know, a whole percentage above. So if you need to do some kind of bridge or something, is is it might not make sense anymore. So maybe just getting out of the property, I can see happening more, and then letting the next person kind of deal with that. Um, how has your personal life changed as far as you know, free time or? Uh, it's funny. Hey, George. <laughs> Uh, I, I was looking at Jordan. That's kind of where I got this question from because he spoke about it. Um, but how has your life changed coming from, you know, working in the military um, to what you do now? And are, are you full time? Are you do you still have split time between both? No, I retired at the end of last year. And so like whenever I was like my last five or six years in the military where I was working both on the business and in the military. And so, man, that was that was crazy because I had you know, I had my, my regular duties, right. In the military. And then I had the business going on and I had my family and then any other kind of personal time I had, you know, friends or whatever that. So that was probably some of the, the, the biggest struggle, um, you know, trying to figure out how to balance that, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of that, um, I had a big shift probably like my last few years while I was in the military, I had a big shift. I was, I was always like tired and frustrated and, you know, uh, kind of a uh, just a crazy mindset, right? But then I I heard a quote somewhere and it, just, it kind of clicked. It was like, hey, you asked for this. Like nobody <laughs> nobody told you to do that. Like your wife didn't ask you to work two two full time jobs. Your kids didn't ask you to to go on you know on this crazy journey to go buy these multi million dollar apartments. You know, your boss didn't ask you to 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 be a bad employee. Right. Like, so I, I had to, I had to kind of realize like, well, what I expect that I expect it to be easy and yeah. all that. So I, from, from then on, I, I told myself, okay, from now on, I'll be a good employee. Cause that, that's what I told, I, I told my boss that I was going to do, I'll be a good husband. I'll be a good father. Right. Like I'll be a good business partner too. Right. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna break down under stress. I'm not going to lose, lose control of my emotions, my mindset and go, you know, and get angry with people. I'm not going to get stressed out. I'm not going to, you know, get, get burned out and, and quit on people. Right. So 
that's, I think that's probably been like one of the biggest shifts that's, that's helped me at least was to tell them like, and it, and it sounds so simple now, but I guess I, I really wasn't thinking about it in, in that fashion. And I still like that like, this day when things get hard, you know, I'm like, Hey, nobody, my wife didn't ask me to get stressed out and come home and bring it home. Right. Like that's not, that's not what I'm going to do. Right. So I try, I try hard and it's never easy or simple, but, you know, yeah. I try hard to, you know, if I'm home, I'm present, right? Like I'm not going to be on my phone. You know, if I'm at the store with her, I'm not going to be on the phone talking to people and on, on phone calls, or if I'm watching a movie, you know, there's, I'm, I'm not going to be on my laptop and writing deals, you know, like, like there has to be a work time and there has to be a stopping time. Um, I'm, I know it kind of bleeds over sometimes, but um, is there really a balance? I don't, I mean, sometimes you have to work a 16 hour days, right? And then, and then, then sometimes, you know, you can have like free time too. Like today, you know, I kind of cut out early my bowling with my family, you know? And so, and when I was bowling, I made sure I was not, you know, I, I cleared my schedule and I made sure I was not going to be, you know, on the phone or, or you know, talking to other people. Now I knew I had like this podcast tonight, you know, so I made sure I was, yeah. I was present and, and they, you know, I, I bowled, had fun, my kids, my, you know, so um I hope I answered your question. I kind of want to rant. That, yeah, you, you <laughs> did. And you've also uh, shined a light in some of my shadows and cracks. Um, I've had business cards since seven years old. So that's all I, that was my first desire ever was work, business, professional, successful. Um, everybody on my dad's side is entrepreneurs. So that's all I saw you know, was people owning their own business and, and trying to make it to the next level. Um, and I think for the people who will listen um, to the podcast and the people that will see this video, this video also will be in our, uh, in our YouTube um, playlist under uh, Investors Gallery. It helps them understand that the struggles that they have are the same struggles that most of us have. And not even as syndicators and investors, but as just an entrepreneur and a person oh, yeah. who's trying to escape, you know, the W-2 to go and be free. Um, mm -hmm. I am currently listening to, I forgot the gentleman's name. Uh, somebody on Facebook recommended the book, um, The Millionaire Fast Lane. Hmm. And I think for most seasoned entrepreneurs, it won't be any kind of wake up call. It's, it's, it's more, the, the book is funny because it's stuff that, after you've been an entrepreneur for a while, it's stuff that you realize, but to hear somebody voice it, it's like, yeah, yep, that, that's kind of what happens. Yeah. You know, and as you, like you said, I had to come home and learn. You had to learn how to be present. You didn't flip a switch and say, hey, okay, I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm an entrepreneur between these hours. And then after these hours, um, you know, daddy and husband and friend and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people who are still in a W-2 space, or do not have um, a lot of people around them that do have that freedom and flexibility, they don't realize how much more of a challenge or how much of a challenge it is to, to switch that. Because when you're at a W-2, you know, you're, you're nine to five or whatever the hours that you have to work, that's work. Um, unless, unless you're on a C-suite level, you know, that you're the CEO or you have some high ranking job, normally you don't have to do too much after you leave um, for, for most positions. Yeah. And 
the space that we're in, you just have to have the time and where you place the time is up to you. So you could do this at, you know, three o'clock in the morning from three to six o'clock in the morning if you want, or you can do it from, you know, eight to 12 at night. As long as you putting in the work, you know, you can email a broker. You don't have to necessarily call the brokers. Um, so I think you're voicing um, understanding that a lot of people are struggling themselves to, and myself included, um, I'm, I've been out all day and I don't know if you guys can hear the baby is, hasn't been put down yet, you know? Um, so I think that struggles that all of the entrepreneurs um, have to deal with. And it's, it's a big balance. So yes, you, you not only answered the question, I think you, you bless a lot of people as well. Yeah. You know, like, and that's, that kind of goes into, you know, so like that's the mindset side, right. Which is a journey to yourself. I mean, I, you know, cause, cause you got to kind of have to figure things out, like what works best for you and like your, your morning routine or, or whatever. But now, now we're at a place in the, in the company, at least, you know, we've been kind of operating now for three or four years and, you know, we're getting to a place where we're like, Hey, we're, we're in the weeds and everything. Right. So as an entrepreneur, you know, we kind of realize like there's a big difference between go out there and buying properties as opposed to growing, growing and creating a real estate investing company. Right. So that's, those are, you know, like you start out or we did at least like we started out with the vision of just buying properties, right? Like we're going to buy properties, become multimillionaires or whatever it is. Right. Like that's our dream. But then we're like three, 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 four years later, we're almost at a thousand units and we're like, man, okay. So if we're running around right now, like at this kind of pace and we have a thousand units, how's it going to look when we hit, you know, 5,000 or 2,000 or 10,000, right? Or we have, you know, 5,000 units plus, you know, multi-use and new development. We have, you know, and we're going to grow, like, we can't be in the weeds, you know, at the same, at the same pace. And so we had to figure out how to grow the company, right? So we had to kind of figure out, okay, well, what are we, what are we good at, right? Like how, how do we hire out other positions, you know? And so once again, we're talking about partners again. So you got to bring people in, you got to scale your company. And then that way you can put people, you know, who can steal a ship under you while you work on the long-term vision of the company. And then that way you aren't, you aren't stuck you know, you, you don't leave your W-2 job and then get stuck working another job, right? Like that's not, that's not really what I wanted. You know, I want to, right. I want to be the, the, the owner of a, of a successful company. And so, um, and, and now that we're doing that, like that's been our focus like this year is, you know, how do we, how do we grow marketing? How do we grow our asset management? How do we grow our, our GC and, and um, all those different areas? And then that way we aren't, we aren't stuck struggling and, and, and working 16 hour days again, right? Because we're like, hey man, we can't keep working like this for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah. You know, we need to be able, I mean, we're gonna always work, right? But I'm like, hey, like I did this initially for the family. Right. So I don't wanna, I don't wanna get pigeonholed and stuck where we're just buying like these properties and building and building with no, no real vision, no like real roadmap in sight. You know what I mean? So, so this year, you know, we made a concerted effort on our 2022 annual plans and say, okay, you know, how's Atlas going to look, you know, a year from now, three years and five years from now. Right. And so that's, that, that, that way we aren't stuck in the mm -hmm. same frustrated, you know, cycle um, right. that we were just a couple of years ago.
Right. So basically, team meeting, how do we scale? Do you currently have uh, a property management company that is under your umbrella or do you uh, still subcontract the, the property management companies? We still subcontract. Um, so we talked at the, at the end of last year when we kind of recognized this as we were moving into like this year, uh, we started talking to a lot of people, you know, pe people who were several years ahead of us, you know, who owned, you know, anywhere between like a few thousand to 5,000 to, you know, 40,000 units. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, hey, years ago, you know, maybe two, five, 10 years ago, when you were and when you were in the art position, how did you grow? You know, like, you know, you seem, you know, you, you seem like you're doing pretty well. You got a big company, like how big's your company? You know, like who's actually under your company? Is it vertically integrated and all that kind of stuff? And so we kind of realized like the answers were all kind of the same across the board. It's kind of funny, but they all hired out uh, marketing, asset management, and um, and and construction, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and some even did PM too. Like some some did like the property management also. Maybe not in that order, but they but they did like 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 those three or four functions. All of them did. And so they they all kind of told us like, hey, um, you know, you have to figure out what's best, like what's first and what's best for your company, and then hire that one out first. Do well with that, and then mm -hmm. and then kind of fill like the next one, right? So. So in the last several months, we've done marketing, we've done a GC company, and we've done um, asset management. Mm -hmm. um, we haven't done PM yet. We haven't done PM. So okay. the other problem is like, you know, how do you fund it, right? So you have to have, you know, enough funds. So you have to, have to move funds around, train people up, get them on board, you know, which is a you know whole nother. You know, hey, right. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. It is. But it goes back to your point of, of good partners, man. Because it is so, so hard, man, to find, you know, good trusting people who who mm -hmm. truly believe in your vision, you know. Um, well, no one's ever believe in the vision the way you believe in it, you know, right? Right. But uh, but you know, it, it goes it goes back to how do you vet and hire good people? Right. And work ethic. Um yeah. I tend to find people who are always missing something. Um, so they're super excited, but they don't, they don't not have the experience, but they don't have um, the fundamentals of either being the professional or real estate or something to help create a foundation. And otherwise you're getting a person it's kind of like meeting a teenager who, who wants to start a business and they just have no clue whatsoever what it's really going to take. And then once they start doing it, they'll say, oh, I, I, I'm not ready for this or I can't do this or I don't want to do this. I, I want to do something else. So that, that's typically the, it, one of the issues that I have is they're always missing something or they don't have um, yeah, it's a, a plethora of things. I don't want to go down the list, but yeah. Uh, so that also segs, segues into the next question I have for you. For your partners, what is everyone's role and how did they get into that role? So initially, you know, we all kind of do like the same thing. <laughs> we kind of overlap, <laughs> right. on, you know, but once again, you know, towards towards the middle or the, the end of last year, we're like, hey, you know, we need to scale and grow and, and define our roles and all that. So, um, at a high level, you know, we kind of realized that 
that Chris, he is great with asset management and destruction. That's like his background. You know, he can walk a property and then, you know, kind of do a, a budget in his head, you know, like run the spot, right? Like that's, that's like his thing. Like he's good at, like he's been an entrepreneur like most of his life. He's done construction most of his life. And so he's really good at understanding how, how, how asset management construction works, you know? And so that's kind of, that's kind of his role. Uh, my role is, is uh, marketing and investor relations, right? So I'm the guy who goes on podcasts, you know, I try to go, go to networking events, uh, different um, events, like seminars, uh, speaking panels, things like that to, to grow our, to, to grow our investor base. And, and then also to, to, to make sure everyone, you know, who's invested with us is happy, <laughs> right. essentially, right? Or in, informed at least. Right. Uh, Nate, he does, he does like our, he does like a lot of our processes. Um, he's like an, an IT, he's an ex network engineer, right? So he's like, okay. so, so he's very techie. So he's good with like processes. He's good with like audio visuals, like our podcast, mm-hmm. um, him, 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 him and our marketing girl, like they, they, they work together and they are, they, they're great with branding. They're great with like making things look sharp and, you know, mm-hmm. the audio crisp. And he, he's, and he also runs like our GP, our GP team too, right? So like any, any okay. kind of partners, he, he, he handles all, all, all that as well. Okay. So at a high level, that's kind of like, well, um, as time's kind of gone on, um, Nate and I have taken on the, the acquisition side. So as we, um, so Chris will do like the asset management, but we'll do like the acquisitions, right? So we'll go out there and underwrite, we'll tour the properties, and then once we get under contract and then operate it, we'll get to Chris. Okay. What is, uh, what does the grand finale look like? Are you getting to 10,000 units or a hundred thousand units or have, or do you have an idea? Man, you know, we, we'd like to, um, we, in, in talking with all these people, um, that we talk to, you know, uh, to, to, to kind of, scale our company and we still talk to like like tons of people even now but we realize that the people who seem to, to do like the best in this industry they start with multifamily and then over time they add in another asset class so you know they get really good with with, with multifamily and that's like kind of their core business so they'll get up to five or ten thousand units or whatever you know whatever works for them and then you know they'll add in like a new development and then they'll add in self-storage and then then they'll add in (laughs) xyz right and then all of a sudden over five or ten years you know they they've diversified into you know car washes and all kinds of different stuff (laughs) stuff. and i thought that was pretty cool right and i was like hey man that's like i like multifamily that's what we're really good at right but like that's not gonna be our our end-all be-all you know i would i'd like to be the guy I've met a couple, a couple older gentlemen who are like in their seventies or eighties and they have enough income coming in. They aren't going to retire. And I probably never will either. I won't work at this pace forever, (laughs) you know, but I think it'd be awesome to, you know, in the next 10 years to hit um, a level to where I have enough income coming in to where I can just pick two or three different projects a year that I think are interesting like if I want to go, go buy Marina, you know, I'm like, hey, that's a really cool project. I'm going to go work on that because, you know, that's cash flow is cash flow, right? Mm-hmm. I can pick 
two or three things that I think are cool that and fun to work on and just do that, right? So I think over the next few years, we're going to slowly add in different asset classes, right? You can't do too many at once because then now you're just kind of chasing different, yeah. Yeah. different things. And, but I would like to, you know, I think, I think Atlas will be the, be the company that's kind of like that, right? You're, you're diversified into multiple different income streams. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have? Uh, let me back up. So I know, you know, cause this is on everything that I've sent you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for the new audience, uh, our audience is weird. I think one, because we we broadcast on so many platforms. Two, we broadcast at eight o'clock at night. Um, so a lot of people will rewatch videos or podcasts later. Um, and then the next week, it'll be a million people on the, the live call. But the purpose of <laughs> this um, platform is slightly different than other podcasts. Our goal is to get people like you who are basically an expert at what you do and introduce you to the public. So we're basically inviting the public, hey, we're having a Zoom call, Um, come on, you can hear this gentleman uh, today specifically speak about investing in multifamily and his success investing in multifamily. And you can ask him questions directly um, because a lot of people, like in our space, in our space, it's not too difficult to find somebody that has 10,000 units, you know, and hundreds of millions uh, of dollars asset under management. Mm-hmm. But outside of our space, it is really difficult. And for a lot of people, it's, it's unfathomable. One, that people are, you know, what was crazy to me, I would never have thought people like that would be that accessible. Um, I would have thought someone who has, we, we have uh, um, a partner or partners that uh, we, we've talked to in the past. And um, one of the partners by himself is uh, 1.4 billion uh, assets under management. And I don't know, 10, 10, 15,000 doors or something like that. And, you know, and it, it might be because we're in a space. So it's a friend calling on another friend. But what we want to do in this podcast, the ultimate goal is for you to get maybe more investors because they're on a call now or they're going to hear your information in the future or maybe see you getting tagged on LinkedIn and say, hey, um, sir, I saw you on, on whatever, whatever, and I got your information and I want to I wanna be a part of um, your next deal. I live in Arkansas or I live in you know Lubbock, maybe if you do another deal here. So that, that's how you benefit, but the audience benefiting because they now have access, uh, at least for, you know, tonight to someone sure. like you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh. and of course, if I give, you know, I'll, I'll give out my, my email. So hopefully in the future, they have access to me too. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> what, what nuggets do you have for them? What is something that you had to um, come to the realization for yourself that you didn't see in books, you didn't see uh, 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 Michael Blank uh, repeating it on his podcast or show or something like that. You know, we have uh, we have our edutainment guys, Michael Blank, Dan Hanford, and uh, Joe Fairless. You know, they they are the kind of I wouldn't say the pioneers, but they are the edutainment pioneers uh, of our time. What gold nuggets do you have that is not being recycled um, in that sphere? 
I would say um, a lot of people, you know, say to, uh, you know, find someone who's got experience and kind of latch onto them, you know, and like they'll take another wing and like they'll, you know, like you work for them for free and like they'll train you or whatever. Right. But I would say that that's only partially true. Like if you, if you, if you want to like work for someone for free, like you better bring value. Right. Because like I get, I get asked a lot like, Hey, you know, I'll come up for you for free. If you just train me, I'm like, okay, well, what do you know? Right. Well, 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 nothing, but if you train me, then I can, I can do it for you. It's like, okay, well, that's not like, yeah. I, I, I see where you're going. Right. But like, that's not really bringing, that's not really, you know, give, get, you know, that's not really given, you know, give, give, right. Like, right. Right. It's give, give. <laughs> it is. It is. Right. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Cause, Cause we all start from somewhere. Right. But I would say get, get educated, get knowledgeable, become, become really good in a certain skill and mm-hmm. bring that to the table. Right. So people like it doesn't, it doesn't like the person who um, who's wealthy, you know, like they lack something like you don't think they do, but they lack something. Right. Right. Like, so you get good at that and bring it to, you know, and say, Hey, I can, I got time, which I know you don't have. Cause like you're, you know, you're trying your company, you know, you're always traveling or, whatever. So I've got time and I can underwrite, you don't, you don't have to train me. I get, I can, I can do it myself. Right. Do that, bring value to them. Right. Like don't, don't make them have to stop what they're doing to train you to bring value to you, to you, for you to bring value to them. Right. I think that's kind of a, a kind of a misunderstood thing, you know, cause I, I've heard like on podcasts and books, it's like, yeah, I just find someone, you know, and go for free. It's like, well, yeah, to a point, but really, you know, like, are you really being valuable to them? <laughs> you know, so yeah. That's yeah. the best way to help someone out is to bring them value, right? That's, um, that's one of them. Um, number two, man, is just like, I think, like I said earlier, you know, you, it's your mindset. You know, if your mind is, if, if you have an agitated mind and it's not calm, you know, like one thing that, that, that helped me out was, I got into stoicism. That's a Greek philosophy, right? And one of the things that I did was I had to define for myself like what the ideal man looked like and or or, or what he acted like, right? So like if I the way I acted, the way I talked to people, if I walk into a room, how do people you know treat me and react to me, right? So I had to kind of develop a set of like principles and core values. So that way, when I operated in my day, you know, like if I lost my temper, I, I would have to kind of pull back and say, okay, is that how that man would act? No, it's not. Right. And so I think, I think a lot of people, um, you know, are kind of like me when they first start out, like they have a job, they have a family, they have friends, they have like this, you know, now that now they have a business that requires their attention and, and, and you're torn and you're frustrated well, you know, you got to set your mindset straight, you know, like, the, and, and if you don't, if you don't have your mindset, um, uh, and certainly if you don't have a spouse who supports you, <laughs> like I see people who, you know, will have all this stuff, but, but like, they're, like their, their husband or wife isn't very supportive, right? Like they're, they're tired of losing money or they're frustrated too, or they're always gone. Um, but, you know, so I, I, I guess to break it down, you know, um, your mindset, uh, bring value to people, you know, and make sure you, you know, and like, 
you can have all those things, but you know, but your but your family life has to support it too. Like you can have skills, you can have all that stuff, you can have all the time in the world. But if your family life isn't situated, man, I, I see a lot of people they they don't make it because of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like you're telling people to go read um, how to win friends and influence people. <laughs> oh, is that is that is that like that that book? Um, you're <laughs> that, that book kind of talks about um, it, it teaches that everybody is a bank. And when you're able to deposit something in someone's bank, you are you're also able to make a withdrawal. So we have a relationship and, you know, you're in Houston. I say, hey, man, you know, um, come come to Houston or come to my side of town. I'll take you to lunch. Well, the next time you come, if I say, hey. Um, come, come take me out. You know, we're bros now. You, you won't have a problem with it or as much of a problem because mm-hmm. I've deposited so much into your, your bank. Um, so that it's, it's kind of similar. I, I'm, I'm picking up um, hints, you know, from that. If you are going to work for um, a syndicator, investor, whatever, somebody in, in private equity or whatever, if you train yourself to do underwriting, you know, and you come to them, you're depositing by saying, hey, give me deals so I can underwrite them and deposit, you know, each deal is yeah. a deposit. Mm-hmm. So now what I need to say, when I need to ask you, well, how do I find more investors like you? Now you're taking a withdrawal, but you are, you've made enough deposits where you have the ability to make a withdrawal. Yeah. Or, or, or they, they, they underwrite for you for free. And then mm-hmm. if they find a deal, then you partner with them and, 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 yeah help them close it right like that's the idea so that's the um that's that, that's kind of one angle it's like hey you know like if you want to you know uh, go find bigger deals you know learn how to underwrite them or something right like learn how to raise capital uh, uh learn how to do a multiple different things right in this industry and then you know go go do that for people go you know like for instance go underwrite a deal go find a deal and then say hey you know, I've been working with you now for a while. I've been writing, underwriting deals like in your markets, like using like your criteria. You know, I know how you operate. Can you help us close? Can, can you help us close? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last question before last question. Then we'll see if anybody has um, and the audience has any questions for you. Um, and then we'll wrap up. Um, okay. Cool. The question, which is kind of similar that I asked earlier, um, what does your day look like as a successful syndicator, investor, entrepreneur? Oh gosh. Um, so it, it begins with my morning routine, right? So that's, that's the first thing I do is, so I wake up, uh, I, I, I work out, uh, I read and then, uh, I journal. And then after that, um, I'll spend an, an hour and a half that, that I call a jam session, but it's, it's an hour and a half blocked off my, my morning where, where I plan out my day and I, you know, and I start, I start knocking out, start knocking out my, my three biggest priorities, right? So those are like my, my priorities that um, I crush those then my day's one, right? So those like, those, that's, that's what I do. And then after that, I have, typically um, calls with people or I have, or I have to go meet somebody. Um, so now, you know, from usually from around like maybe 10 to about three or four, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back to back calls, calls um, or I'm on, 
you know, maybe like a podcast or something like that. Yeah. And then in, in the evening, I might go out to an event and go do something. Um, and then, you know, I'm, then I'll come home and kind of wrap me on the, I'll spend the evening with my family, with my wife and my kids. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have dinner and kind of wrap it up. Do you typically take uh, weekends off? I do. I do. Yeah. I, um, I didn't always do that though. I, 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 I used to work my, probably my first several years, I worked nonstop and it, it really helped out. It did. It put us where we are today, you know, you know, but then as time went on, I kind of realized the family and me to a degree, right? Like, I mean, I, I, I was kind of getting burned out too, but my wife was like, Hey, like, where the hell are you? Like, what, <laughs> like, like, I, you know, I got that question about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 you know, eight fifty. You know, and then we are chatting, right? Yeah. Um, no, this 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 doesn't happen all the time. You know, right, but, right, right. Uh, and she's also at a place where she's like, oh, hey, hey, you know, I I get it every now and then. You know, you'll you'll yeah. work late. You know, but I that try bank. To make, you got you you've been making deposits, sir. Yeah, I hey man, I I try to make an effort to make sure that I don't do it all the time, right? So yeah, on the weekends, unless it's unless it's an emergency or critical like you know like hey the deal will not close if we don't do this or like hey right. the, this guy's investing a million dollars and 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 he will pull out if if you don't call him right so, you know like an emergency right um right. if it's if no one's going to die it, hey it hasn't been on monday i'm sorry um you know but then but then i'm kind of guilty of waking up every now and then kind of early on a saturday you know and and being creative and thinking of, you know, a new marketing campaign or, you know, uh, maybe, you know, doing some research on markets or whatever. But as the family wakes up, you know, I, I jump yep. off and I'm with them. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That, that is, that's amazing. Um, so we're going to jump over and see if um, anybody. <laughs> I'm not going to call you all, ma'am, but I appreciate you. <laughs> Uh, uh, we're gonna see if anybody has any questions Um, oh you know what Uh, I said on the last podcast that I was gonna tell everyone that they could post um, their information in the comments Um, are you do you know Tim Mai oh yeah you know what he's been he's Oddly enough, yeah, he's been showing up on my feeds too. I think he's like a cap, like he's he's big on like like funds and capital raising or something like that. Is that mm-hmm. what he does? Yeah, he's been doing. Um, he's been having investors on on his show that have raised a uh, hundred hundred million or more, um, and he's just been doing an amazing job. And it's funny because I promote everyone. Um, in my space, all my brothers and sisters, I promote them and I want you to go to their podcast and I want you to check out, you know, every, all, everything that they have. I don't think that's, that's, it's not normal in any industry. Uh, but Tim, my, what he does on his podcast is he does the same thing. He has individuals post your name, you know, what you do, um, in the chat. So then everybody can see. And I said in my last podcast, I'm taking this from Tim. Tim has an amazing idea. His podcast, by the way, are also absolutely amazing. He had um, okay. Vinny, uh, I can't think his last name. He had Vinny on a day. He's had Rod, uh, not Rod Khalif. Vinny Chopra? 
Vin, Vinny Chopra was on today. Um, Zach Hoppin, I can't think pronounce his last name. Um, anyway, he's had absolutely amazing guests and uh, amazing turnout. So also go check out Tim Mai, Google him. Uh, he's on Facebook, LinkedIn. Look, find okay, his podcast. Right yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where that came from, that, that thought. So if you do want to audience, post your stuff in the chats. And you can also do save chat as well. Um, but before I let uh, this amazing gentleman go, is there anyone who has any questions about anything that he said or comment? Well, a question for me is, as a syndicator, when you're looking for a good investment, what are you looking for? And at what point during your career, um, as an entrepreneur, did it take you from point A to point B and made it just that much closer for you to reach your goal? So are you, the, the first part of your question, are you asking like what kind of returns are we looking for? Uh, what criteria are you looking for when you're looking for a good investment? Gotcha, gotcha. So we're, we're, we're looking for typically 150 units and above, right? So like our sweet spot now is you know, about 150 to about 350, something like that. Like we're, we're pretty comfortable in, in that space. Um, uh, mainly in Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. Like those are the markets that we know the best. Um, we know guys who spread out, you know, like in like 10 markets or something like that. Um, uh, we're looking at, we, we are branching out like in Florida a little bit now too. Um, but primarily, you know, we, we're pretty deep in those in those markets, but we you know um, we do that. And then uh, how how we got from point A to point B, point to, to point B, I realized I was I was successful enough to to leave the military after. It's funny because I I didn't realize it at the time. It was funny because I was talking to somebody, maybe like another investor, like like we're at lunch or whatever, and, and they're like, hey, so. So uh, what's your plans? I was like, well, you know, I want to be out there buying one or two deals a year and selling like, like one or two deals a year. And he goes, he goes, and, and this is at the time, like right when we had sold our, our first two properties. He goes, <laughs> he, goes, he, goes, he goes, well, Eli, uh, aren't you already doing that? And so I was like, holy cow. Yeah, I, I guess I'm already there. So, so when we had income, you know, coming in from our, our, our current properties, and then we had, and then we were selling them. That kind of let me knew that we were at that level to where, I, okay, well, I'm at a phase where I can, I can kind of leave my full time job now. I was still scared. I was still worried because I had been in the military for like 21 years, and you know, I had worked for somebody else for, for so long. But you know, I had the impetus at least to say, okay, I think I'm ready to go ahead, you know, and and leave and go do this full time now. I'm going to stay in that same vein. What, what are your, uh, what is your criteria for your, um, your IRR, your internal rate of return? Um, up until about <laughs> two months ago, until all this bull <laughs> happening, um, cash on cash was like 10%. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a hundred percent return and IRRs were like, what, like high teens, like okay. you know, 15 to, I don't know, 18, 19, 19 like yeah. that. Um, now cash on cash is like between, uh, uh, I would say seven to eight 
mm-hmm. right? Seven to eight, eight and a half, something like that, right? That's like the 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 going cash on cash. Um, we're still hitting one hundred percent returns, um, and IRRs are still, I still high high teens, fifteen to eighteen, something like that. Uh, they're hard to find though. They're like there's they're they're I would say they're harder for us to find at least, but we're still looking for roughly like the same kind of return criteria. Thank you for that answer. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone else that has a question or a comment? No, I, I, I want to say you appreciate Elijah for um, for kind of kind of shedding that light. No, like like Presley mentioned, I mean the the struggle between balancing everything. I mean, especially us with 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 families and and the little kids and. Um, Working a full-time job, trying to start something new, trying to change this 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 trajectory of our lifestyle right now. I appreciate you shining some light on that, and and, sure. and really just know you just got to get down, and you just gotta you gotta be really meticulous with it. And I, I've heard for heard for a while, and they you know what they focus on one thing, and then and then once that gets going, then do something else. I'm like I have in my brain, I have multiple different things that I'm trying to accomplish here. And, yeah. and and I, I don't like the answer of postpone the other 10 things until well, I do all of them, but postpone all of them until this one is, is at this point um, just didn't really sit well with me. But OK, it's confirmation. OK, look, if you want to get this done, you want to get all these things done then you have to schedule that into your day to to at least move the needle forward on on these items each and every day to keep them progressing forward. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Like, like, there's been a uh, a saying that we kind of go by um, my partners and I, at least. You know, it's like the the dog that chases two rabbits catches none. You know, so, <laughs> so because man, this I mean, like we see we see so many people on like social media. You know, flashing like, oh yeah, I'm doing ATM ATM machines, or I'm doing I'm building a data center, or I'm building. You know, I'm. In, self-storage or you know i got this new flashy thing and it's all sexy it's all cool it's all exciting um and it makes it makes us want it even more right so uh so we we have to be constantly like hey man like like i i know if if i don't focus i will i will chase the next object and all of a sudden like three months later i i'm still kind of chasing <laughs> like both and so yeah it's a it's a struggle this day you know because it's but i I think people who don't focus on themselves and, and they, 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 they watch this. We all watch like, you know, like, like Facebook and, and, and TikTok and Instagram. We all do that. Right. But like, if you don't, if you, if, if you're not cognizant and you're watching other people too much, then, you know, you'll start chasing like their dreams. Right. And you, you'll kind of just mm-hmm. focus on, on your own stuff, at least my opinion, mm-hmm. it's worth anything, but yes. <laughs> I definitely agree. Uh, Get on, get on social media to 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 post your posts, schedule those, get that work done. Do some, do some, do some um, social listening, and then you gotta get off where you get fall to that trap of just start scrolling. Yeah, man, social media is a powerful, powerful tool, but it's also a double-edged sword because I mean, you'll catch your, you'll catch yourself scrolling, scrolling all of a sudden. Half an hour later, you're like, what the hell am I looking at? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I multi-family syndicators, and now, and now I'm looking at videos on, you know, on, on gyms or something. You know, like, what am I doing? <laughs> I know. 
Yeah. I get you, man. <laughs> Thanks, Justin, for that question and, and comment. Um, anybody else question or comment? Because uh, he has to get back to husband and father role. <laughs> As we all do, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So I appreciate you, sir, for joining. Um, I hope that this this podcast is going to end up being a tremendous blessing for you. Um, awesome story. Really awesome story. And I, I, I learned a lot from every podcast and this one was no different. Um, I'd like to thank everybody who was listening and the multitude of other platforms that this is uh, on and will be distributed to. And uh, I will see everybody next week, next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central um, on, on every, we're on everything. We're, we're on it. Just, so just, just be there. Just open your phone and we'll just pop up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you mind if I give out my, my email? Real yes, quick? sir. Yep. Please go ahead. All right. So my, so if you want to contact me, um, uh, Eli, that's E L I at invest with amg.com. Um, this will be your, um, so what I, what I've been doing only because this wasn't added to the, uh, the intro packet that I send out, um, I can grab your about at your LinkedIn. Um, mm. but if you just, if you want to send me a tailor-made one, um, you can do that. So this video specifically will be put on our website and it will have either your bio from LinkedIn or whatever you send me under that. Um, sure. And then I can also post, uh, I'll also post details in the description of uh, the podcast and it kind of follows all of the platforms out as well. So okay. it was already going to be there, um, but yeah. it's good okay. for them to, to hear it um, uh, audibly as well. Of course. Awesome. Well, perfect then. All right, guys, no questions. I'm going to give you one more shot. It's, just, it's always weird. They either have a million questions or not, but no questions or comments. Going once, going twice. All right, so we're going to go do family time. I appreciate you guys sliding a little uh, business time in. Thank you. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to call you Eli because we're brothers now. <laughs> of um, and uh, yeah, if you need anything from me, um, I would love to be able to uh, deposit into your bank, sir. And uh, sure. thank you again. Man, we'll be in touch. Yes, Y'all sir. See you next time. Bye. Bye.